This is Deep Dive. I'm Fei Fei. When speaking of Saudi Arabia, most people would first think of its rich oil reserves. Natural resources are, in fact, a key driver of the country's economic progress. But the kingdom is not just resting comfortably on its oil wealth. As the world is moving towards more eco-friendly resources, Saudi Arabia hopes it will not be left out. So, in recent years, they started an economic diversification plan, and it's going pretty well so far. According to an International Monetary Fund review, non-oil industries have picked up in the country since 2021. My colleague Dou Hongyu recently talked with a Chinese businessman who saw this opportunity in the kingdom's e-commerce industry and took advantage of it. So we sat down with her in this episode to learn more. This episode is brought to you on Wednesday, October the 18th. Hello, Hongyu. Hello, Feifei. So, tell us firstly about this business owner you've talked with in Saudi Arabia. Okay, this business owner is named Shi Songrei, and he was initially working on online influencer marketing in the Middle East. Since Saudi Arabia, compared with other nations in the region, is quite wealthy, so that was one of his focuses. And he was looking for online influencers, and his company was also cultivating celebrities in Saudi Arabia. And those online influencers would go live on TikTok, and when they did live streaming, their followers and watchers would give them monetary rewards and virtual gifts. In one streaming session, it could reach up to five or six hundred thousand U.S. dollars in just five minutes, which is quite crazy. So that is a source of revenue for those online influencers and for the team, and also the source of income for the team members of those online influencers. So his business of these group of online influencers. Was going quite well in Saudi Arabia, and what about his business focus now? Well, starting from the beginning of this year, he has shifted his focus from merely TikTok live streaming and online celebrities to e-commerce because he said he had accumulated thousands of online influencers, and he believes this is the time for him to do something bigger. So. He's trying to use these resources to introduce、uh, Chinese businesses to Saudi Arabia by、uh, letting the online influencers promote Chinese brands and Chinese products, and try to sell、uh, Chinese products to the Saudi market. And this year, they have sold Chinese produce, including peaches and beef, to Saudi Arabia, and also. Uh, the daily consumer goods such as paper cups and carpets. So what he's doing right now is basically to find opportunities for、uh, Chinese business people to be linked to the Saudi customers. Well, it sounds like he his business has expanded in a sense after you know cultivated this group of 
online influencers, and it's quite surprising, I would say, because、mm-hmm. speaking of online shopping or e-commerce or digital economy, whatever the names you pick, Saudi Arabia is rarely the name that would pop up in our minds.、Mm-hmm. So why did he decide to go to Saudi Arabia in the first place? Well, I was surprised too. But Saudi Arabia has what he needed. You know, the the e-commerce industry is a capital-intensive industry. It requires large amounts of investment. And in Saudi Arabia, you know, this country is a well-known source of investment. They have a, a huge amount of capital. So. For young people like Shisong Ray and for、uh, new startups, they can get their investment in Saudi Arabia. And also, there's a large population of internet users in that country. Over seventy percent of people use internet. That is like the same level as it is in China, you know. And a large number of internet users is one of the most fundamental prerequisites to develop e-commerce. And also, their population is quite young. There are a lot of young people there. Young people are the pioneers in e-commerce or digital economy. So, the Saudi market is it seems to be quite lucrative and promising for e-commerce development. In a way, the Saudi market looks quite alike to the Chinese market.、Mm-hmm. But how come hasn't? Saudi Arabia become the goldmine for digital economy, like what we have seen here in China. Well, there are some problems there. The first and also the bottleneck is the logistics and online payment. Shi Songrei described logistics and online payment as the two feet of a person. E-commerce cannot develop well or go farther without either of them. And especially the logistics. If you cannot get what you buy online, you would not trust this platform, or you would lose trust on online payment as a whole. So, it is important to make sure that people can get what they have paid for. Now in Saudi Arabia, people do buy things online, but many of them choose cash on delivery or COD. Because they're afraid that if they pay in advance, they will lose their packages, and they will they cannot get their money back. This is also e-commerce, but the capital and money can flow more efficiently online if people choose to pay in advance online. So now there's not enough trust on online payment, and that is caused by inefficient logistics and low delivery accuracy rate in Saudi Arabia. The second reason has something to do with the shortage of supply chains and manufacturing. Although Saudi Arabia has a large amount of capital and people have the purchasing power because they have money and time to do it, but they're short of complete supply chains and manufacturing ability. So they're quite reliant on other countries that have complementary needs with them. And the third reason has something to do with、um, the time of development. Because Saudi Arabia has just started to reform and opening up just a few years ago, so it takes time for logistics companies to grow. It takes time for people to awake to the convenience of online shopping, and it takes time for people to build up trust on those platforms, and also for the country to find their partners. So, based on these 
difficulties, it is quite not that easy for this country to develop e-commerce and digital economy. The Neng reckon Shi Song Rei is not the only Chinese business in the Saudi market. Mm-hmm. And what can the Chinese businesses like Shi Song Rei's ones offer to the Saudi market and to the Saudi consumers? Well, there are indeed a lot of things that Chinese businesses can do because the Chinese market and the Saudi market are highly complementary, as I said. For e-commerce platforms like Shisong Race, well, their mission and their goal is to try to connect Chinese businesses with Saudi consumers. And there's also a need for technological cooperation because Saudi Arabia needs technologies from China. Like Huawei has already been exploring the Saudi market. Um, it has signed a memorandum of understanding with a local telecom operator to uh, together work on cloud computing and Internet of Things. And also Saudi Tourism Authority is also cooperating with Huawei to improve tourist experience by using digital services. And also China can offer its rich experience in logistics and in the development of e-commerce. For example, China has one of the largest and maybe the most extensive logistics system in the world, and it's super reliable. Well, personally speaking, I do online shopping quite a few times a month and dozens of times a year, but none of them are, are lost in the way. And there's only one delay of package, but that was because there was flooding along the way. So this kind of reliability of this uh, logistics system is what Saudi Arabia can learn from China. And this is also what China can bring to this country. For example, earlier, earlier this year, China's J plus T Express uh, has expanded their service area to include Saudi Arabia. And earlier, some reporters tried to track a package from a JNT Express and they found that only takes one day for a package to be delivered from its capital city, Riyadh, to its recipient about 500 kilometers away. That is about the same delivery speed in China. So China can indeed bring its experience in managing its logistics and also its technologies to this Middle East country. So do Chinese businesses see the Saudi market as lucrative as markets around the world? Well, exactly, because for Chinese businesses, for many business people in China, Saudi Arabia is not uh, that familiar because we have quite different cultures and many people in China are not familiar of the living habits of Saudi Arabian people and not to mention their market. But according to Xu Songrei, Saudi Arabia investors love Chinese business, love Chinese businesses, and if a project cannot get bids in China in the fierce Chinese market, they can try to get some opportunities in Saudi Arabia because investors in that country are, are very active. 
they would even come and ask you about what you're doing and do you need investment. So for Chinese businesses, Saudi Arabia is a quite lucrative market, and there's a pool of opportunities for them to to get. So let's come back to Shizong Ray himself. Does he have a plan, a future plan, for example, of more expansion for his business in Saudi Arabia? Well, he says that his goal recently is to help Chinese factories and companies to get opportunities in Saudi Arabia, and to get a glimpse into the future, he hopes to build a local e-commerce or social media company to sell products and to build up brands in that country. And he even wants to get some investment from local government and to build his own factory in that country and hire local people in order to teach them about Chinese management skills and、uh, technologies in terms of digital economy. So it seems like not only the Saudi Arabian investors themselves are keeping an eye on the digital economy. And at the same time, we are feeling, we are sensing that the government itself、mm-hmm. is also trying to push the development of digital economy in that kingdom as well. So, can you tell us about how has the Saudi government been doing in terms of going digital? Well, we can indeed see a top-down effort and realization to to improve digital economy and. In particular, e-commerce. For example, we can see from the 2030 vision, which was proposed and announced by Saudi Arabia,、um, the government is offering support for online payments, for building digital infrastructure, and also they have an ambitious plan to build a logistics hub in that whole region. So we can see that the country has realized the importance of pushing forward. Uh, e-commerce and to catch up with other major economies in that regard. And we've been talked quite extensively about the economic gains of e-commerce or online shopping that could bring to Saudi Arabia. I'm also curious about the changes to people's daily lives because of what we've experienced here in China of how technology and e-commerce and digital economy in general. Have impacted us. So, is the same change happening as well in the Saudi Arabia Kingdom? Well, I cannot say there's exactly the same change, but we can see、uh, some shadows from from China's development in the past a, a decade or so.、Uh, people in Saudi Arabia have started to realize the convenience of online shopping. Or, or other online services, and that start from young people, as I said, and they will just like what happened in China. They will influence the older generations to be part of e-commerce development. And another change that quite surprised me was in the women power, the she power, because the percentage of Saudi women engaged in e-commerce has significantly rose, and. Now we can see female influencers sitting in front of the camera, promoting、uh, products from other countries and promoting brands, and even going to physical shops promoting their shops. So we can see the shift of of power between genders, and we can see that the development of online platforms are indeed improving gender equality in that country.
Well, before we hit the record button for this episode,、um, we've actually talked a bit about Shi Songrei and his story, and also the Saudi market. And Hongyu, you told me the reason for you to talk to Songrei in the first place is because you were following stories in digital economy under the Belt and Road Forum here in Beijing. So, why would digital economy catch your attention under the Belt and Road? I mean, when we are talking about Belt and Road Initiative, most of us would think of bridges, highways, roads, you know, infrastructures. Well, what you said is exactly the reason why I'm paying attention to digital economy, because in the past we have this conception that、uh, the BRI is a huge, ambitious infrastructure plan、uh, about building things that we can see. But at this year's the third Belt and Road Forum for International Cooperation, we can see that digital economy is the topic of one of the the only three high-level forums. During this event, along with connectivity and green development, so I think this is a strong message conveyed by this forum. It tells us that digital economy may be a key focus of BRI cooperation for quite a long period, and there are also experts saying that maybe for many BRI partner countries, they need digital economy more than infrastructure. And、there are also voices that suggest Beijing to shift its focus, BRI cooperation focus, from、uh, infrastructure building to digital economy cooperation. So this kind of message is what drove me to to pay more attention to digital economy. Over the past ten years. The Belt and Road Initiative, or BRI, has played a key role in promoting infrastructure development around the world, benefiting local people by enhancing transportation, telecommunications, and various other sectors. This week, guests from more than 140 countries and over 30 international organizations have gathered in Beijing to attend the third Belt and Road Forum. That also marks the 10th anniversary of the BRI. Chinese President Xi Jinping has vowed more efforts to push forward BRI projects, and UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres said the Belt and Road Initiative provides a historic opportunity while hailing its contribution to global infrastructure. And that brings us to the end of this episode of Deep Dive. If you like what you just heard, don't forget to follow us on your podcast platform. Just search for Deep Dive. You can also leave comments to tell us what you want to know about China and beyond. This episode is brought to you by me, Fei Fei, and my colleagues Li Yunqi, Zhang Zhang, and Qi Zhi. Special thanks to CGTN Radio reporter Dou Hongyu. I'll see you in the next one. Thank、you